You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is Brandon Lee Gowton from Bleeding Green Nation. Another episode of the BGN Radio Podcast here for you today. Rate, review, subscribe, all those good things. It is me leading off the show once again, not Jimmy Kemsky, because Jimmy Kemsky is still a bum. I really think we have to kind of discuss here if Jimmy is a complete fraud because he missed two Eagles OTA practices. He has no idea what's going on with the team. Um, Does Jimmy not have that dog in him? <laughs> it is a fair question to ask. The voice you just heard is one Seamus Clancy from Philly Voice filling in for Jimmy uh, while he is gone. Seamus, not only from Philly Voice, but of course here at BGN Radio still. Seamus and I were both at the Eagles' second OTA practice, second and final OTA practice open to the media and in general. Like the Eagles aren't not practicing anymore. Tuesday, or sorry, Wednesday, June 8th was their last day. So we'll break that all down for you here. But before we get into it all, Seamus, how are you doing, buddy? Doing well. Jimmy's obviously iconic. This will be my second time filling in with him in as many weeks. So hopefully a little bit better this time. I know I'm a BGN radio, the whole network veteran but it's only my second bgn radio proper show so getting a little bit more feel i'll try to get the callbacks better than i did last week but we'll have some fun here talking birds early in the morning it is a little crazy that we're already done with otas it just feels it's weird short <laughs> it's like i just i felt like I, I just got used to going down there and dreading practice observations but we do have some notes to get into before we do i will remind you that bgn radio brought to you by one righteous felon craft jerky go to righteousfelon.com use discount code bgn15 for 15 percent off your order the same discount code works at wildnaturepet.com you can use that discount code for 15 percent off dog treats which you might need after the storm in philadelphia last night seamus did you hear that one i didn't i went to bed pretty early because we were getting up early today okay but uh, my parents' dog, who's sort of my dog still. It's that weird situation. I think we talked about it. My dog's been around since I was a senior in high school. Um, but that dog does not like thunder or anything like that. So hopefully he was okay last night. I'm watching my friend Becky's dog, Coco. And yeah, she did not like... I don't know if it was uh, Paul, the famous... <laughs> no. Um, I think he does okay with that kind of stuff, but I'm not sure. I never watched him during a storm. But yes, indeed, shout out to Risk It All Paul on Instagram. Great follow. Um, such a sweet boy. He's huge. I make him look like a normal dog, I guess, though, because I am huge as well. It's really a good fit. But uh, Seamus, enough dog talk, I guess. We have OTAs here on BGN Radio episode 251 to talk about. What's your big takeaway from this practice? Because I asked you that question for the first one. We'll get into it for the second one as well. 
it's a little hard sometimes. It's you don't want to make definitive statements on the smallest of sample sizes. But I thought Jalen Hurts finished practice really well yesterday. That was kind of my headline that I wrote on phillyvoice.com, which you can go check out both my observations from yesterday, Wednesday, and last week too. Pretty uneven start to practice. And I, I tweeted that he was uneven early on. People were saying, like, is he throwing incompletions? And it's no, it's seven on seven. It's not a situation where there's going to be a heavy dose of incompletions, but it was just a lot of underneath stuff. Situations where Jalen, his first couple of reads weren't there, holding on to the ball a lot. Situations that might have been sacked or situations that – might have led to him tucking the ball and picking it up five, six, seven yards. And that's what we talked about last week a little, right? That he's on a quarterback that's the most fitting for a seven-on-setting session or setting, just given that his uh, traits and his mobility don't get really flash and aren't maximized in that setting. The last handful of throws, really good. And I've, I, I had him marked down as he threw 16 passes yesterday. He was 14 for 16, but 14 for 16 and seven-on-sevens doesn't mean he's is in the equivalent of 14 or 16 on an NFL Sunday. The last couple of throws were really good. Had that great, great deep ball throw to Quez Watkins. That's something Eagles fans would love to see all season. Quez running as a deep slot guy. I think that's where he could get maximized this season if Hurts' deep ball has improved as, as to where it was last season. Uh, had another one down there to... Is that Deion Kane? That scored isn't it the next touchdown for him? Uh, John Hightower. John Hightower. Yeah, Hightower had... I wrote that too. Uh, both from Hurts and Minshew pass. It seemed like he had a really strong uh, day yesterday of practice. And then one of my favorite ones, because everyone loves a wheel route, right? Oh, yeah. And I always think of that uh, legendary one, I would say. In 2016, uh, Eagles were a Steelers. Carson Wentz hits Darren Sproles with a perfect touch on there. And it reminded me a little bit of that throw. Obviously, way, way different settings, right? But the, the touch on the pass was there. Jason Huntley going down the left sideline was a quote-unquote touchdown, as much as a touchdown can be called in a 7-on-7 practice. I, so, yeah. Hurts, hurts kind of taking what the defense is giving you, which isn't exactly what you want from a QB in a seven on seven setting. But last couple of throws ended OTAs on a good note, and I'm sure he's happy with that. Offense was buzzing a little bit. They were slow earlier on, had some energy, partying a little bit. So I think it was good for the offense to end things like that heading into training camp late next month. I would agree with your characterization. You know, slow start. I thought, and, and that's one of my problems with not to take shots at the people who, uh, you know, chart. The stats and everything. So that's, it's interesting, but it's tough to me when... Fans want to know, right? Fans sure. Know. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it, but it's kind of like just a lot of context can get lost when like you're marking yeah. down a five-yard completion on a play where Jalen Hurts holds the ball for like 10 seconds and easily would have been sacked probably in real time. Or maybe he breaks out of it. Who knows? But like, point is, holding the ball for way too long and still, you know, completing the pass. Is like, it's, it's funny to me to mark that down as like a completion. Um, cause that happened a couple of times. And that's concerning to me because that's one of my bigger concerns with him is, you know, the processing speed. Um, just getting the ball out quick, which I thought I, I talked about last week. I thought he did a good job with that. Um, so more mixed results in that regard. And this practice uh, finished strong overall. If zooming out, like if just and again, it's only two OT practices. We're talking about what, like thirty passes or so total. Yeah, that's right. He did he did sixteen today, and I think twelve or thirteen last week. So and like and Sirianni's, you know, one game worth of passes for him. Right, the second half of last season against no pass rush. Right. It is what it is. Yeah, and no pass rush, and, like, the corners can't be physical because it's OTAs. They can't get, like, you know, press players and really, you know, get, like, in up on their grill. So, yeah, you know, you take it for what it's worth. But overall, I would say Jalen Hurts stock up, which is encouraging going into training camp. Yeah, no doubt. And then if he continues – to me, OTAs are, like, you know, part of the – them themselves aren't worth a ton in a vacuum, but, like, adding to the bigger picture, they are. Like, if Jalen Hurts looks good in OTAs – 
and then he stinks in training camp, well, then the OTAs don't really probably mean much. But if he looks good in OTAs and that carries over to training camp, I'm like, okay, maybe there's something here. Like this, this is more of a sample size we're looking at. So for him, stock up, uh, exiting OTAs, that's definitely a good thing. It doesn't mean like I'm totally convinced he's the guy now, but I feel a little bit more optimistic slightly. So that's something um, I, I really do think I have confidence, I'm, I'm more confidence in his deep ball. Um, he has the ability to do that. I still kind of question, you know, his ability to use the middle of the field. I don't think we saw a ton of that here, although he did have a good completion. Uh, it was short, though, to Dallas Goddard crossing uh, TJ Edwards at tight coverage. It looked like it was going to be a pick, and I, I think there were some throws like that in the first practice, too. Not because they were a bad pass, to be clear, but just because it was such a tight window that I was like, oh, my gosh, did that get picked? But no, uh, Jalen Hurts fitted in there, so that was encouraging to see. Yeah, he made a couple better of those throws last week and I think he tried to do that a couple times yesterday yesterday being Wednesday I don't know when you're listening to this uh, a couple ones where it got broke up to Goddard over the middle they kind of ran I think it was his eighth and ninth pass of the day it almost seemed like they ran back the same play to see if they could do it gets broken up both times uh, not the greatest throw from Jalen probably could use a little bit better ball placement but still a good play defensively from whenever linebacker was out there so not something I'm faulting him for too much but I thought last week he had a couple throws in tight windows that we didn't see for him last right. year over the middle, middle of the field stuff that was really lacking in his game as a passer. Uh, so, again, we have all the caveats of what a seven on seven practice is like, but encouraging nonetheless. There was one pass where he uh, threw over the middle to Noah Tangiai, and that was broken up by Anthony Harris, almost picked off. So, yeah, still kind of a little inconsistent there in that intermediate range. Uh, need to see more out of that. Kind of transitioning to the coaching uh, and player talk of it all regarding Jalen Hurts, there is a lot of talk about how you know he looks more comfortable in the offense. That's something I had you know raised last week in terms of the processing speed. So you're, you're getting coaches and players saying that too, which you know take it for what it's worth. Um, it's not like they're going to be like, well, actually, he's made no progress or he's he's worse. Uh, of course, we're terrified he's going to be horrible this year. No, <laughs> right? No one's saying. So you that. take it for what it's worth, but it's good to hear that kind of stuff. It's it's not a bad thing. Um, so that's nice to see. Uh, yeah. Overall, Jalen Hurts stock up. That's the most important thing. It's the biggest X factor for the team. So you know, take it for what it's worth. Uh, what else stood out to you? What did you think of Aaron Sipos? We saw some special teams work. And my observations, I called him Cam Johnson. And I was like, I, someone tweeted at me after. And I was like, how the hell did I do that? Just frantically trying to write observations, kind of the new guy down there. And I was like, damn, that's I couldn't sleep last night because I called him Cam Johnson. I called him Cameron Johnson instead of Aaron Sipos. But Jimmy said this a lot. Jimmy's a punter aficionado. I timed the punts yesterday. The hang times were him in honor of Jimmy. Seemed okay yesterday. His first punk was completely sh like a shank that just can't happen in that type of practice setting. I know this is really uh you know the minutia of the team, but you a little surprised they didn't bring in camp competition for him. I think they're just looking at other veteran options. Um, you know, a bunch see if of, someone gets cut, right? Yeah, because a bunch of teams drafted punters this year, including uh, what's his name, Punk God. Um, so, I, I want to punt God really bad. Of course, yeah. So there's, you know, there's going to be guys probably shake free, and I'm, I'm guessing they're going to be taking a close look at those guys and kind of just wait. But yeah, it's still kind of silly to me that you don't at least bring in like I don't know a UDFA punter just to have and kind of keep Sipos like on his toes in camp and just get a look. I don't think competition would hurt him. Maybe it right. helps him, right? 
So it's not the biggest deal, but I think it would be nice if they had another punter in camp with them. Just feels like they should and kind of put him on notice because he, he finished the year really bad last year. Um, yeah. Looking at non-special teams. You know, teams, building off the special teams, I think another thing that Eagles fans really love is who's the punt returner. There's always the offensive thing is where fans lead, but I think punt returner, there's another element there, especially with the way Jalen Rager really struggled last year, just simply fielding punts and the situation that befell him in the playoff game in Tampa. Mm. Uh, we saw Jalen Rager wasn't at practice yesterday from what the media saw. He wasn't at the two media practices, though Nick Sirianni did indicate in his press conference after yesterday's practice that he has had, quote-unquote, good attendance during this OTA period, just hasn't been there the two media days. I don't know if that's necessarily intentional or, or what the situation is there. But they had Boston Scott back there. They had Greg Ward back there. They had Kenny Gainwell back there. I'm assuming they had Britton Covey back there. I didn't necessarily notice him, but they I figured, did. you know, if he's going to make the team, it's going to be because of him playing a, a role as a returner, whether it's punt returns or kick returns. I, I really want to see him in, in training camp. And I think it's one of those things, again, where Eagles fans might value or talk about the punt returner action a little too much, but... Uh, my buddy Jeff McDevitt saying that he's the new DeAndre Carter, a guy we, they wished uh, the Eagles would have kept. He's still a returner in this league, has a little bit of juice. Uh, Dallas Goddard actually gassed him up a little bit yeah. in his after-practice session. I, ma- I made sure to tell some people that were really rooting for Covey to have a role in this team as a returner this year. So he's a guy I'm going to keep my eye on as we get to training camp. And uh, I don't know wh- how exactly special teams works in those joint practices that they'll have in Miami and Cleveland, but three preseason games to show some juice, show some electricity. I'd like to see him make a name for himself this summer. The Covey thing was a little interesting because usually when you ask a player that, I feel like they're want to go with a guy from their own room, you know, like maybe another tight yeah. end or something. He could have said like Grant Calcaterra and it might not have even been true, but just because or Jack Stoll, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Cause he's like a new guy or it's his buddy or whatever. Like that's, that would be pretty common for players, but he picked someone from different room. Uh, still, you know, a pass catcher, but still, it was it was interesting to see Goddard highlight Britton Covey. So that's that's definitely worth filing away. I still wonder, you know, about his ability to play wide receiver. Um, I don't think he can play wide receiver now. Yeah, I think that might I've be been wrong might, numerous times might, about numerous things. Might be tough. Um, that projection's looking a little tougher, but yeah, maybe as a punt returner, he can find a way to to stick, get on the team. Uh, keeping it with smaller guys, I guess Kenny Gainwell had a nice play to end practice where he caught a ball, I believe, short and kind of got to the, the turn the corner on the defense. So that was good to see. But he did have a really bad... That looked like, a, that looked like Hertz's his first read, right? A couple of Hertz throws, there, there were immediate throws were sort of in the flat or underneath uh, throws, which I thought was a little odd, maybe. I don't know if odd's the right word, because, you know, during the season they are practicing. They will have plays like that that were short design. So a guy like Gainwell, hopefully he can scatter around you know, he's pretty good in the open field, can make a five, six yard pickup, but thought a little strange that those praise almost seemed designed to have be short gains in that setting. He had a really bad drop in the flat at one point, which earned a lot of ribbing from his teammates. Um, so that wasn't great. Uh, I don't know if we missed. It wasn't the greatest throw from Jalen, but it should have been caught. Yeah, should have been caught. Uh, I think you mentioned Jalen Rager still wasn't there. Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown also weren't there, if you didn't mention that already. Uh, which is I didn't. They were there last week, though, for clarification. Yes, they were there last week. So that kind of stinks, just from a, a juice standpoint. Not as exciting. Yeah. Uh, Fletcher Cox was there, which is worth noting because he was not at practice last week. Not that like he super needs it, but just still, I, I, I was. We talked about it here. I felt like he should be there after the kind of season he had last year. Um, yeah. Uh, John Hightower came back. He kind of low key had a good practice, which is important for yeah. him. Yeah, I said unofficial MVP of the day, John Hightower. He kind of had, uh, you know, Deion Kane, 
And Jared Maiden had really strong practices last week, and we gassed him up a little bit. Hightower is the end-of-the-roster guy that I think really stood out yesterday. He really uh, ate up, I would say. Or wait, no. is that I, I'm looking at my notes here. He really uh, he shook. I, I said that to you during practice, too. Can you not read your own handwriting? <laughs> I have it written down here in my notes app. Um, but I was looking at a different part. There's a different part where Zach Paschal, and we'll get to him. I guess I'll mention him now. He was back at practice. And uh, I thought he looked yeah. good. I thought he did some good things. Nothing yeah. like overly flashy, but he just looked like an NFL wide receiver. Like he, he looked solid in the yeah, slot. Yeah, I think he's a upgrade on Greg Ward for the Greg oh, yeah. Ward vibe. For I sure, think he's an upgrade for that. Yeah, he just like again nothing special about him, but just like competency. Like like oh yeah, that guy is like yeah. an NFL player. He's credible. Um, Hightower, meanwhile, he shook Zach McPherson, who I guess might have had just bad leverage on that play or like a bad angle. Or just give credit to John Hightower after making like a short catch um, and like stuck his foot in the ground, ran the opposite way, and McPherson had to like flip his hips and get turned around. Um, so good job by Hightower there. And then you met, we already mentioned the deep touchdown uh, reception from Jalen Hurts. And then he also had the celebration to the uh, – isn't that um, uh, the key and peel, the celebration? The, what's his name? Uh, you know, like the thrust thing. I didn't see the celebration. Okay, yeah, he was like doing the thrust thing. Um, okay, cool. And then I like that energy. The rest of the team, there's a get flag. Penalties. I don't care about the penalty yeah. there. Yeah, he did get a flag. Get a flag in practice, yeah. but that's fine. You know, um, in in the practice setting, I think that's good. That's a good energy for the team. Yeah. to get a flag for something like that in practice. I, I mean, Doug always, Doug Peterson always had the Eagles. He, he encouraged them to celebrate in practice, um, and he should because he wants them. You know, have fun. Like, have fun. That's part of the thing here, especially in OTAs. Yeah. Like, it's not even training camp. Like, it's it's a lighter Bit vibe. Of a drag. Yeah, so um, that's, I think, mm, is that all I had on the offense? I'm looking at my notes here. Uh, yeah, Pascal uh, also had another catch against McPherson, so maybe not the best day for, for Zach McPherson. Um, Gardner Minshew got picked off at one point. Maybe we can flip over to Yeah, it was a nice play from, I believe, Maiden. It was Kaiser uh, got White. His hand on it. it was a tip. Oh, it was Kaiser yeah, White. Yeah, because okay. um, uh, Davion Taylor credited uh, Kaiser oh, White. Oh, yeah, so it can't be yeah. them both. Yeah, okay, that makes more sense. But yes, uh, Kaiser White tipped off a pass short. I don't know if it was already, it seemed like not the best throw. Um, wasn't like exactly on target. But anyway, Kaiser White broke it up, and Davion Taylor basically like had a pick six, uh, grabbed the ball out of the air. Yeah, like I, I love saying that a play offensively is a touchdown in seven on seven the same <laughs> way. Like, oh, that was, a, that was a pick six, even though it kind of gets uh, rung up like that. Like, obviously, there there's six offensive linemen or whatever waiting for him or, like, offensive line and tight end combined on that play. My guy. In a real game. One of my last things, I guess, on offense, my guy, Jason Huntley, Seamus, who I love way too much. You, you got the Huntley stock. You're, you're buying all the Huntley stock. He had a really good catch on that wheel route that we mentioned earlier. Big play down the left sideline. He slipped, but, I mean, I'm going to blame that on the field. Uh, like, it would have been a touchdown, but he slipped. Um, they have really nice death in the backfield. No one is unbelievable, even though we, we always say Miles Sanders is uber talented. But I, I, I talked to Zoe about this on Odds and End Zone. I've said on from the bleachers, just super talented. But just there's something off where he's not this the player I think he can be. And I'm not trying to slight Miles. He's been a huge contributor over the last few years. Had some great games in 2018, 2019. Uh, some big performances last year, too. But uh, not a true bell cow guy. But all the way down the depth chart, there's talent there, even though maybe they're not, you know, Boston Scott and, Ken- and Jason Huntley, not stars or anything, but maybe could be number twos in other squads and are really good in their roles here. On top of Kenny Gainwell, who I was really high going into the draft, 
last season. I was surprised the Eagles weren't in a position to take him. And I think he has a lot, lot, lot of juice. I'd like to see him get some opportunities as a returner. If it isn't a guy like Britton Covey back there. So why don't we take a break here and then we'll get to, I guess, some of the more defensive notes and maybe anything else we have here. But before we do, Seamus, let me tell you about Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. And you can find out more about her by going to roachrealtors.com. I don't have the phone number memorized somehow, even though I do this podcast with Jimmy like weekly, typically. And he says Eight, six, seven is the first three digits. Okay. Yeah. I don't know the phone I number. Tried to, I saw her at the Philly Voice draft party. Yes. And I was like, oh, yes, the song. And she was a little confused. And I was like, <laughs> oh, no, I like I have, I have your phone number memorized in my head. Um, It's funny how I don't. uh, But. It's funny. Did you call her Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors? Because that's what I always have in my mind. I cannot. I don't think I did. Okay. I just said, just introduce myself quickly. Uh, I put up the website here, and if I'm not mistaken, it is eight five six nine zero six nine two nine five. So that's once again eight five six nine zero six nine two nine five. If you're looking to buy sell or rent a house or if you're just looking you know for advice or anything just con you know it's free to contact Kristen roach of roach realtors and again you can go to the website too um to check out i more. might have to contact her soon sure absolutely <laughs> so um do that and also check out righteous felon craft turkey by going to righteousfelon.com discount code bgn15 for 15 percent off your order it's the real deal it's the snack you need in your life summer's coming up here and it's basically here you're going to the beach you're going hiking, whatever, whatever you're doing, you're going to need some Righteous Felon Craft Turkey to accompany you, and you can get some at a discount and help support the podcast and help support a, support a local business and help yourselves to a snack that the Eagles themselves, famous, have there at the Novacare Complex training facility. Yes, um, they are one of four NFL teams who uh, purchase from Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. So why not get yourself? Do you know the others? I do. Uh, I believe it is the Lions, the Chargers, and the Steelers. But uh, I assume the Steelers because of the the state connection. But that's cool. So yeah, your boy Justin Herbert munching on some righteous felon. My guy. Um, yeah. So BGN fifteen is the discount code, and again, the same discount code works at WildNaturePet.com. Maybe you're vegan, whatever, or you don't like jerky, whatever the case is. If and if you don't, and if you don't have a dog, also, then you're probably just a jerk. Um, but you probably either eat meat or you have a dog. And if you do have a dog, then you can get your dog treats at wildnaturepet.com. Discount code BGN15 for 15% off. They are not just any dog treats. They are you know, designed specifically, I believe, to be like a little bit healthier and more nutritional yeah. for your dog. They're, they're good for my dog, Bruce, yes. what we were talking about earlier, my dog slash my parents' dog. Uh, a little older, has a lot of allergies right. that, that can befall him with traditional treats. But they have a really nice variety there. They have sweet potato treats and salmon-based treats, which are the really only things that you can get. So you have a dog that might have some health issues, really good option for you there. Better than you know walking into maybe PetSmart or right. like an, an Acne or CVS trying to find something on the quick. Yes. Yeah, not just like a bunch of you know stuff that you don't even know what it is in there. It's like real ingredients and everything. So go check that out if you haven't already. All right, Seamus, we will be back after this. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. 
because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Back here on BGN Radio, Seamus nailed the throw to break this time. Congrats to him. Good job by him. F minus last week, A minus today. I mean, in fairness, I didn't prep you at all, but I wanted to see if uh, yeah. you caught on. Uh, it was actually a test to see how much, how closely you listened to, to the episodes. Uh, let's go to the defense. Uh, I already mentioned some of the things, but uh, did anything stand out to you on that side of the ball? It's a little hard when there's no pass rush, right? And it's just kind of a, you know, what you want to say, a back seven type of situation. So nothing really stood out to me. The one play is the Kaiser White tip to, um, that leads to the Davion Taylor interception. Davion Taylor spoke to the media yesterday. That was the kind of the first time I've heard him speak to the media. Uh, I was a little surprised that he got, you know, thrown out there. I don't want to say thrown out there like he was uh, unwilling to go out there and talk to the media, but maybe that interception uh, led him to do that. And, you know, he's a guy that people have been critical of. I would say I am not necessarily on a personal level, but just, hey, they drafted this guy in the third round, uh, you know, missed out on a lot of experience or in his life playing football and really hasn't been able to get out there. I know he had a hard injury situation last year. Now the linebacker room is a little more crowded, and he spoke about that at practice, especially, you know, everyone's gunning for Nakobe Dean, mm. thinks he's in a guy that's going to go in there and, you know, make a couple of Pro Bowls over the next half dozen <laughs> years, and maybe that's realistic. Uh, but there is some a lot of competency in that room. I won't say there's a lot of, you know, star power, but between uh, what TJ Edwards has illustrated to be, you know, a starting caliber linebacker in this league over the last couple of years, Sean Bradley has been a contributor over a couple of different uh, facets of the game, special teams defensively too. And then we have Davion Taylor here, who's still, this is, will be his third season, still a bit of a question mark for the birds. You brought up N'Kobe Dean. I don't think I noticed him in OTAs at all, right? Like, I don't think he... Did, did he play? Like, was he on the field? I'm not even trying to be like Joe. I didn't know if he was like not taking part in seven on seven. So I can't even answer that with a hundred percent certainty. Like, I can't. Me, even, me neither. Yeah. But I did. I mean, I, I was I was talking to you know our good friend John McMullen of Birds Three Sixty Five. Him and you know Jody Mack do that show. And Philly Voice, yes, uh, freelance contributor, Eagles column every Monday from John McMullen on Philly. Voice. And he had mentioned Kobe. Stevens and Nicobe Dean were yeah. together. So Jacoby and Nicobe 
which is funny. But um, so, yeah, so I guess he noticed that, but I didn't notice anything. And that's fine. It's not like, well, Nicobe yeah. Dean is terrible because he didn't make any plays in OTAs. But still, I think that kind of speaks to the fact that um, like, I don't know that it's like a guarantee that he's their week one starter and also like a difference maker yeah. from yeah. the jump. Like it could take a little bit of time, especially if Kaiser White is going to be, you know, like making a big play. That's only going to raise his stock. And I think the team likes yeah. DJ Edwards a lot. And Davion Taylor is, you know, still around in the mix. So, you know, and then that's fine. Again, it doesn't have to be Jacoby Dean week one starter or else he's a failure. But I'm just saying, like, it's, you know, either. And also, this setting doesn't necessarily lend to Jacoby Dean's strengths because I think he has no. underrated value as a pass rusher. And, you know, he's not really allowed to blitz like the rest of the passer in this setting at all. So, you know, there's some caveats there and we'll see. We'll get a better sense of him in training camp. But I just think it's worth noting that didn't really see anything from him uh, at all. Uh, elsewhere on the defense, I think it's probably worth noting that Derek Barnett was in there for a seven on seven rep, which is interesting because that was not as a defensive lineman, clearly, because there is no defensive lineman or offensive lineman in a seven on seven setting other than the center snapping the ball. So um, maybe that's like a little bit of a, a tell that Derek Barnett's going to have a modified role this year. You buy like the Sam, that? I guess with, well, they're crowded with the pass rushers now, besides the interior defensive line, which is talked about a lot because of the strong depth there. Last year, you had three guys who are really good, I think, in terms of Fletch. Obviously, not as good as he was maybe in 27, 2018, but still competent, pretty good player in the NFL. Javon Hargrave had a really, really strong start to his year. I thought Milton Williams came on late, a guy I was really into in the draft last year, a third-round pick. Maybe Tom Donahue uh, Eden Crow a little bit the way he flashed at the end of the season and obviously the big acquisition their first round pick they trade off for Jordan Davis so the defensive tackle situation they're stacked there but they did bring up depth here uh, in terms of passers from the outside you're going to have Hassan Reddick and that Sam off linebacker role that's going to be rushing the passers frequently you have Brandon Graham coming back after missing you know 16, 17 weeks last season after his week two injury against the 49ers. And then Josh Sweat has this new deal and, you know, performed pretty well last year and has steadily improved over the course of his career. So where does Derek Barnett fit in that? And it might be a situation he's back here on a one-year deal. He just has to do what the team tells him to do and, and try to find a new role to be here in the future. He, he's obviously not the guy they necessarily envisioned him being when they took him with the 14th overall pick in 2017. The first round pick isn't this uh, consistently very good pass rusher. So, it's a situation where he needs to play more Sam, Spell, uh, Hassan, Reddick there in situations. I don't know if that's the, necessarily the right fit for him, but uh, props to him and props to Gannon and Jonathan Gannon, defensive coordinator, for trying to do something different. And if there's a time to work out the kinks with that, it's OTAs, training camp, joint practices throughout the summer. Yeah, I think it was only one rep. It's not like he's out there yeah, a lot. Yeah, but- Making a mountain out of a molehill it's, here. It's, but it's interesting, and it's, it's a different look, maybe, chose to – or it speaks to Gannon, Jonathan Gannon being a little bit more creative. Um, the other only defensive note I guess I have left is Marcus Epps, I thought, was in position to blow up a short throw at one point. You know, if that was a real game, he would have probably taken the guy's head off, um, but it, it was a practice, so he let up. But the defense got really excited about that one because he was right in position to make, like, a big hit, um, kind of a little bit of a hospital ball there from Jalen Hurts. But um, so, you know, you know. Epps flashing is better than not at all, especially given the question marks at safety. Um, uh, Some guy keeps emailing me about Marcus Epps. <laughs> he just like randomly emailed me. He goes, do you think they're going to upgrade at safety? And I'm like, probably not. I think they really like Marcus Epps. And, and then he was acting as if I said Marcus Epps was kind of like the next Brian Dawkins. Mm. And he was like, the the anointed Marcus Epps in your view. And I'm just like, 
dude, like I, I think he's an NFL player, and I just know the team likes him, and they're com- they're confident that can he can be a starter this year. And I don't know. It seems like everyone hates defensive backs, right? That's kind of the one of the tropes of Philadelphia fan base. I'm not you know criticizing Eagles fans for that. It's easy to get upset about those aspects of the game, but uh, guy who could be pretty good this year. I'm not saying like very good. Uh, but one or one or two bad plays are going to happen. He's going to get blown up on social media, right? Elsewhere in the secondary, uh, Kerry Vincent Jr., who's one of the like billion cornerbacks competing for a roster spot behind the starters, uh, had a really nice pass breakup at one point after the receiver had I forget who it was, but they had the ball in their hands and he like knocked it out. It wasn't a fumble because he didn't establish possession, but he just knocked it right out. So that was a really good yeah, play by him. Good play. Um, so you know, again, take that for what it's worth. Okay, I think that does it for the notes for me. Did you have any? Anything else? No, it, it's weird. We don't have a ton of talk about it. Obviously, besides the small sample size, we're not out there for an extended period of time watching practice. So there are only so many things that we can actually talk about. Did you have anything from the press conferences at all? We heard from Nick Sirianni. We heard from Dallas Goddard. We heard from Fletcher Cox. And we heard from Isaac Sumalo, and I think, and Davion Taylor. Yeah, the Sumalo situation is interesting, mm-hmm. I guess, uh, is he going to be the right guard this year? I, I don't know because we haven't seen the real, you know, 11 on Revan first team refs as he was out there. But uh, at this point, would you assume that he's the starting right guard? I think that feels fair. Uh, he was the starter at left guard last year. Obviously, Lennon Diggerson, I thought, had a really, really strong rookie season. Jimmy Kemsky, obviously, who I'm filling in and also from Philly Voice, had an article uh, today saying who are the five breakout candidates for the birds this year. And the top one that he listed was Landon Dickerson. And I definitely agree with that. So he's pretty entrenched at left guard. I think and even the situation where Kelsey retires, I would keep him at left guard there. They have Cam Jurgens now. I don't think they would start Cam Jurgens at right guard right away. Maybe it's a situation as the season develops, there's an injury there. He can slide in there, but they do have options there between say Amalu and then Jack Stahl and then not Jack Stahl, Jack Driscoll, who they like a lot. And again, Jurgens. I, I would assume if everyone's healthy, everything plays out that he's their starting right guard. But there's more question marks surrounding his future than there's ever been. Uh, it was a little weird to me. Not weird in a bad way, but like Isaac Smell is usually pretty quiet. It's a little surprising to me that he even spoke. But I guess, you know, a lot of media members yeah. were requesting him to hear from him because he's, you know, in an interesting position, um, moving, you know, changing positions from left guard to right guard here. And he said, quote, uh, uh, definitely still ongoing when asked about his rehab process. So I don't even think he's like a hundred percent yet. And also he was asked if he's going to be like a hundred percent ready for training camp. And he didn't say yes. He was like, I plan to be like, he hopes to be, he is trying to beat. I think based on what he had to say, it seemed like the med- he's trying to outrush yes. the medical staff. Right. He kind of didn't say that specifically, but sort of hinted that, uh, the medical staff wasn't going to say he's ready for training yes. camp, but he wants to be ready for training camp. And I get that that's what he wants to be. Every player wants to get on the field and prove themselves, especially in a situation where he lost his starting job. Like that's the worst possible situation for any player getting hurt, comes back next year or even three weeks later, whatever. That job's gone for him. It's Landon Dickerson for the next handful of years, unless there's an injury he fills in there, but he lost that job. He also said it has, quote, been an adjustment for sure, moving from left to right guard. So he didn't, like, downplay that it was, like, you know, seamless and there's, like, definitely no, yeah. you know, uh, challenge to it at all. He said he's been leaning on Brandon Brooks for advice at that spot, which makes sense. And he said he's excited about it. But I definitely thought the tone of his uh, press conference was interesting because it was almost like 
he was like manifesting. This is my job. Like I am going to come back and I am going to prove. I like that he spoke up about sure. it. He... Yeah, it was, I think I think it was good. It was good energy from him, but I just thought that was a little interesting. It's not exactly perfectly in character for him. He's more subdued typically, but I think he is kind of like again putting it out there, like, "Hey, this is my job, and I'm going to prove it." He's 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 that he's that kind of energy. He definitely seems motivated. You want every player to think that. Sure. You want every player to think that. And again, we talk about this offensive line. There's a lot of true, true good depth there. And you know, if you're an Eagles fan, you want those guys to be playing and acting like that so i think that's a plus obviously we don't know exactly what his role could be this season but you know thumbs up for him for speaking up i don't i don't know you know it, it sounds weird i'm not trying to talk down on him like he's a you know a kid in grade school raising his hand to answer a question in class but i'm happy he had the demeanor i guess is a better way of saying it that he wants to prove himself both to the team media fan base whatever it may be that he's ready to take back a starting job this season. I think the important thing to take away is that, like, he's being he's, he's honest about his situation. I think he knows. Yeah, you know, he's missed. He's only played in what, like, twelve games or whatever the past two seasons or nine games, and he knows he has to prove himself. It's not just like, hey, I'm coming back and I am given this. Like, I know I need to go out there and and really prove to the team that I am still really good starter or I'm starter quality. And he can't just like rest on his laurels and simply have his job be handed to him. And that's good. Yeah. Again, the hunger thing. Um, you like to see that kind of mindset. Uh, just honest. I think it's always important for players to be honest with themselves. Uh, I usually tend to yeah. believe those players to figure things out. Like Miles Sanders to me in the past has like given that vibe that he knows like he's had some shortcomings. Whereas just for example, Jalen Rager has very much not been honest with himself in a lot of ways and kind of doesn't give me the confidence that he is going to improve because he doesn't seem to think that he's having as many issues or they're his fault as much as they really are. So, and that doesn't always mean everything, but it is it's encouraging to me that when a player is yeah. kind of honest and be like, yeah, uh, they, they just call it like they see it on their end. So um, yeah, that's all I had from the pressers. Sirianni, I don't think said anything too great. He dapped up all the media members, um, which is funny. Yeah, he, uh, he was nice. He, my first time interacting with yes. him, he, you know, was fist bumping all the media members and said, new face. And I was like, hey, I'm Seamus Clancy. I'm filling in for Jimmy Kempsey, which I thought was nice of him. Obviously, he knows what he's doing, buttering up the media, sure. or giving everyone a nice fist bump. But still, I'm a human being, and it was nice to be recognized and not just uh, – what I, I told Ashley, my dad, uh, Chip Kelly probably wouldn't have asked that of me. No. Said new face and introduced no, himself. No, definitely so, not. Uh, plus for Nick, good for him for working the media, uh, greasing us up a little bit, whatever you want to say. Uh Likes to talk a lot. Not that I didn't know anything about that, but uh, cool interaction, and I think he speaks candidly at, at least. Yeah, he's he's funny. He's a funny guy. He's genuine. He's authentic. I believe genuine is a good way of saying it. Yes, um, like that's him. You know that that's that wasn't Chip. If Chip was doing that, it would not be. <laughs> it would not be. I'd him. be uncomfortable. Yes, <laughs> pumping fists with Chip Kelly. Uh, I guess the biggest takeaway I had from Nick is that he, again, spoke to Jalen Hurts being more comfortable, said he knows where to go with the football quicker. He also talked about like the coaches having a better sense of what Jalen Hurts likes and kind of being able to cater to that more. And then also he Sirianni talked about the whole play calling thing with Steichen, uh, you know, obviously taking over those duties, but also kind of made sure to really add the context of it's not like Steichen is out there like going rogue and like just calling plays like they haven't you know like Sirianni very much still involved in the process of you know putting those plays that Steichen is ultimately calling in for the game so he's you know Sirianni still having like a a major role 
in the play calling process as a whole. Um, you know, he's narrowing it down to like what, whatever, let's say like 10 plays or whatever that are being called. It's just Steichen is picking one of those specific plays at a given moment. Um, so just adding more context there. Um, yeah. Anything else from him? Yeah. I don't have any qualms with what he's doing. I think, uh, maybe wise in a way, stepping back a little bit, but he's obviously still so involved in the game plan to think that he doesn't have any say whatsoever and what Steichen is specifically calling is is foolish. So we'll see how it plays out over the first couple weeks of the season. I'm sure if, you know, they lose in week two when they're one and one, or, you know, if they lose in week one and they're one and one, there will be critics out there for saying, oh, he gave up play con and Steichen should be calling or be fired and all that crazy stuff. But Honest and open about it, that's all you can ask for, really. And we'll see how it unfolds come uh, September. All right. Well, the Eagles are off until training camp begins. The They announced the players will be reporting on July 26th. In years past, so back in the day, like way back in the day, the Eagles used to have abil- availability for an Eagles report to training camp kind of day. We'd get the players coming in on their way into the facility and talk to them. Haven't really done that. Obviously, the pandemic was a factor, um, but maybe even before that in a bunch of years. So we might not really get to see practice until that first day or two after they report. But it'll be full go at that point. And that's really when the season begins, truly, because it'll be training camp. And then I'll roll into the preseason games. Well, those joint practices, which are kind of the real preseason games now, especially for the Eagles, since they won't be playing their starters much, really, if at all, in the preseason games. And then the regular season here will be here before you know it. Um, but in the meantime, we have a bit of a dead zone here. We'll still have, again, plenty of content for you on BleedingGreenNation.com and the podcast feed here as well. So don't go anywhere. Still a lot of good shows. You know, the NFC mixtape isn't going anywhere. Seamus, I'm sure, from the bleachers and odds and end zones aren't going anywhere. Yeah, we dropped an episode of From the Bleachers. I had uh, Mark Henry from Fox. Not the wrestler. Uh, no. Uh, so we'll definitely be pumping out content all summer long, even though we have this, as you said, a little bit of a dead period. What are you going to be doing during the break? Or Obviously, a lot of things. It's, a, it's like over a month. But is there anything that you're really looking forward to during this break? Not not crazy or anything. I'm still It's still going to be busy for me, just work-wise. They're still pumping out articles the same way you are. So it's not like I'm getting a true vacation or anything like that. Uh, nothing really lined up this month. I have a tattoo, two tattoo appointments I'm excited for. Ooh. Maybe I'm going to hit the shore a couple times, you know, 4th of July weekend. Uh, seeing the Third Eye Blind and Taking Back Sunday in concert July nice. 15th at the Man Center. So those are the things I'm looking for. Anything for you? Any trips? Anything fun? Well, what beach are you going to go to, first of all? Important question here. Uh, Avalon. Okay. Oh, Avalon. wow. Down in uh... – We don't have a place in Avalon, but it's a you know, spot – you know, in between Avalon and Seattle, one of those big campground complexes, kind of a, you know, one floor home or whatever you want to say. Uh, nice flex by you, Avalon. Nice spot to be. Um, yeah, I don't, for people wondering, I do not have a big oceanfront house in Avalon. I have uh, a home that's a few miles away from Avalon in a short drive. Seamus has this put on that, you know, he's just like, you know, this blue collar. Yeah, I'm the South guy. Greaser, but I'm, I'm, I'm soaking it up. <laughs> You know, in my pool, that's two-foot walk to the beach in Avalon. Uh, as listeners know, uh, and as Jimmy Kemsky knows, more of an LB, I'm an LBI guy, really like LBI. Um, so I already went there, uh, like, right before Memorial Day weekend. Tried to get in before the rush, a little bit, you know, cheaper of a stay. And, uh, yeah, that was a nice time. Um, hope to go back. 
hope to go to a couple beaches as I brought up on the NFC East mixtape, but I'll also bring up here and then again, probably on next week's BGN radio. Cause I want to keep getting as many recommendations as I can. I'm going to San Diego at the end of the nice, month here. Nice. So looking forward to that. I've already gotten some great recommendations from the loyal listeners. So uh, if you weather food, I imagine. Both yes. Incredible. Um, so keep sending them my way. If you have any, um, obviously, love the food recommendations but if you have any activity stuff too i'm, I'm open to, to all suggestions i might not do it but i will take your information and compile it and sort through to see what's the best i always like to when like you know multiple people recommend one thing because it's like oh okay then that thing might be legit so uh, yeah. i appreciate those if you can keep sending them to me on twitter or instagram dm is a good place to reach me uh at brandon gowton you can also email me brandon dot Gouton at SBNation.com. That's another place where you can reach me. Uh, I should probably mention here, Seamus, that it is June 9th as we were recording this. And on June 13th, there is the possibility of a work stoppage at Vox Media across the board. So um, if you would like to see that not happen, you can contribute by going to um, the WGAE link for uh, to, to write a letter to Vox CEO. Jim Bankoff and you know kind of tell him that you would like to see the lights kept on here at not only just BGN but across the board on the Vox Media Network um so you can you can help us do that if you would like to do that uh not mandatory but you can if you would like to do that uh, we would appreciate that so hopefully there is no work stoppage and we can continue to provide you with great content so appreciate that uh again I'm on social media at Brandon Gowton you can check out bleedinggreennation.com for our articles, the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Righteousfelon.com is the place you want to go for the best meat snacks in the entire universe as voted on by God. You can check out uh, wildnaturepet.com as well. B- discount code BGN15 for 15% off dog treats. You can check out Kristen Roach, roachrealtors.com and go use the phone number on the website there. Um, Seamus is on Twitter and Instagram at Seamus underscore Clancy. Check his work out at phillyvoice.com. Anything else, Seamus? Yeah. So, so enjoy this little break, and we're going to get really after it this season. Very excited for what we have cooking, both of us, on our respective uh, platforms. Should be exciting. Should be a good Eagle season, at least on paper. Vibes are looking good, and nothing matters more than the vibes, as I always say. So stay tuned. Everything will be back next week with a BGN Radio. Jimmy will be back next week. Um, so I will. You won't have to listen to me. Anymore. <laughs> That's not true. You still have to listen to Seamus on From the Bleachers. You have to. Uh, and Odds and End Zones. So Jimmy will be back here on BGN Radio with me. Um, we'll also still have the mixtape and everything for you, which little peek behind the curtain i'm actually recording with rj today seamus because nice uh he my my twitter friend yes he's going on uh vacation next week so uh so again eagles going away for a little bit but the content machine keeps on rolling it doesn't stop so uh thank you all for listening and we will be back with you next week i forget what i have to say this is where seamus you say goodbye everybody goodbye everybody P-G-N 
Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.